What's next? Welcome to another episode of What's Next. The purpose of this show is to talk about exactly that. What is next? What comes after? Tragedy, love, anxiety, risks? You fill in the blank. I will cover topics I've experienced. I'll have guests speak about their situation. And hopefully you as a listener will also send in your topic requests. And together we will find out what's next. Well, we are finally back with what's next. I say finally because I know it's been a little bit of time um, since we've uh, had an episode, since I've had an episode out. Um, And hopefully some of you have been anxiously awaiting it. But this is season two, another episode. Uh, Some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, I had a surprise trip that uh, came up. It uh, was for my birthday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, had some surprises, some uh, surprises that uh, were unexpected, um, some fun, some scary. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Going to talk about Christmas memories, holiday memories, um, just uh, some memories that I learned of that my dad went through and faced as a, as a young man, and then some things that I did, and then thinking about traditions and passing things down, and uh, you know and how that uh, how that affected me and how that affects my own kids and seeing where you know where that's going to go and also we'll still talk about perspectives and how we live our lives and kind of where the subject uh, title comes from the flip side uh, we will talk about that for perspectives a little bit um, a little bit more on the show today so um, if any of these topics interest you, stick around to hear more. If they don't, stick around to hear more anyway. I might say something uh, that you'll enjoy or that might be a help to you. Or, hey, you're just busy running on the treadmill or walking somewhere or driving in the car and you got nothing better to do, then listen to the rest of this episode. Anyway, stick around. Okay, well, again, welcome to another episode of What's Next. So we're going to start off by talking about uh, my uh, birthday trip. Um, This year I turned the lovely age of 39, one year away from being an old man. (laughs) Some would say I already am old, Um, but the big 4-0 is coming. so we'll we'll see what comes with that and and uh, all that jazz. But anyway, uh, so approaching thirty nine and um, you know not sure what's gonna happen. Birthdays always before the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, sometimes it falls right on Thanksgiving actually or after. But uh, this time was before. Um, so uh, my wife is pretty awesome this time around. Not that she isn't normally. She's always pretty awesome, but this time around was really cool. Um, she, uh, did a birthday party for me. Um, she reserved a brewery. She, um, got food catered there, then had an after party set up, really cool stuff. 
Um, got a lot of my team from work to come out and a lot of my friends. And um, it was just, it was a good time. Uh, great turnout. Uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, memories made for sure. Um, so we, we partied uh, hard that night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but the following weekend, um, my wife had planned a trip that uh, she had uh, had already paid for and taken care of. And um, so all I knew was I was supposed to get in the vehicle at 7 o'clock in the morning. And she was going to drive. And I didn't know where we were going. And so obviously it took complete trust on my part to just... Uh, not be the usual me, which is, well, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, where are we eating? Where are we staying? Um, had no control over anything and had to put complete trust and faith uh, in my wife, which, of course, I did. Um, so we left not at 7 o'clock in the morning, but close close to it, uh, around 7.30-ish. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those... Uh, Fun time morning risers, especially on a Saturday morning. Um, they had no desire to get up early. Um, but because I did have some excitement to find out what was going to happen, uh, it helped me to get up because normally on a Saturday I'm not up before 9 9.30, 9.30. Um, try to sleep in a little bit if the kids let us. So anyway, we get in the vehicle, we take off, we're heading um, north um, towards the Austin area. And uh, we get to where we're going um, into the city around 10.30-ish, um, kind of driving around a little bit. Um, and uh, then she takes me and pulls into this, uh, this, I guess, I don't know if it's Texas-renowned or what, um, but apparently most of you know, or maybe you don't. <laughs> I want to say most of you know. I mean, uh, close friends of mine live, who live in Texas would know this. Uh, but others may not. But Texas is uh, known for being a staple for barbecue. Um, and because I've been to other states before where you where their signs say, Real Texas Barbecue, next right. Uh, well, I live in Texas, so it can't get any realer than that. But anyway, these this area that we went into, which was in, I believe, Taylor, Texas, the first stop, um, it was which is just north of Austin or near Round Rock and or past that. Anyway, I wasn't driving, so I don't have a hundred percent accuracy on where we were. But I guess that's not well, it is relevant to the story. But anyway, we pull up to this place and uh, we pull in the parking lot, and of course I see that it's a you know, a, a barbecue place. And um Turns out that she had arranged and scheduled this whole plan and this whole thing to do like a little bar little mini barbecue tour um, for my birthday for the weekend and um, stay in a hotel, um, which there's there's some little key factors um, that kind of speak to why um, the trip was so cool and so amazing that, that she had done um, and the thought that had kind of gone into it. Um, first off is, you know, my dad was huge. Uh, hugely into um, barbecue, and uh, he loved it. And there were several places. My dad was a um, he was a uh, armored car. Um, I don't want to say driver. He drove armored cars. He loaded ATMs. He uh, transferred money to banks. So he was the guys that drove those big cars with millions of dollars in them. Um, so he did that. Well, 
part of um, his routes would take him throughout Texas. My dad would leave in the morning from San Antonio, and he'd drive through Austin, Houston, Dallas, you know, sometimes to the edges of the state and come back by the end of the day. And so it, was, uh, it wasn't it um, was strange for him to come home with different types of food. And most of the time, you know, it was barbecue. He'd come home and he'd say, hey, check this out. You know, I just found this spot today. And so we'd, uh, we'd, get, to, we'd get to try quite a, quite a bit. And he would kind of tell us about his adventures and the places that he had been. And, um, you know, of course, we never could go with him, right? He's in this armored car. And, um, and so a lot of times he would tell us about this when we were when we were young. And, you know, he'd just bring home these little samples of stuff. And I remember how good it was. And, of course, my dad would make food sound incredible. Uh, I don't know if that's because of the way he would talk and explain things. Or if it was, you know, like he'd watch uh, Alton Brown and all these guys on the Food Network, or he because he was so animated, or I don't know what it was, but he had a way of describing things that would just make you go like, oh my gosh, I have got to try this. And uh, so, so anyways, he um, he would tell us about that, and I I remember a time where you know there was a Saturday. He said, hey, and this is when um, I first I uh, got married. Um, to my wife and we, you know, wouldn't have kids yet. We we're still just, you know, really married. And, uh, he had called me up and said, Hey, uh, I want to take a trip out this weekend. And I'd like to take you guys out to one of the barbecue places that I've been to. And of course, you know, this was a real treat because, you know, he'd always told us about them. So, um, you know, for most people, this, you know, might not be a big deal, but for us, it, you know, it was cool. It was a chance to go and, you know, see some of the things that my dad talked about. So he's like, we're going to go to Lockhart and uh, we're going to go to, uh, um, you know, just to try out one of these barbecue places. And so um, we, and I, I realized that I'm telling a story within a story and a trip within a trip. But hey, it's, uh, it's what we're doing. Anyway, so we went with my dad and we went to Lockhart. And I remember driving, uh, my brother following me in his vehicle with his family. And uh, I remember we're, we're heading on our way to Lockhart. And as we're driving, you know, getting near Austin, um, they have a lot of rules of not driving. I mean, this is a rule in general, but I believe you're not supposed to uh, drive in the fast lane. It's supposed to be a passing lane, especially up north near Austin. So if you're not um, if you're not passing, you're not supposed to be in that lane. So anyway, I was driving in that lane, and of course, what happens? A cop pulls me over. And um, as I as he turns his lights on, for some weird reason, I decide that I'm going to pull over to the left on the small, tiny little shoulder of this big black truck that I was driving at the time, big black Chevy Silverado. I pull over to the left, and the officer's behind me, like on his loud horn, like, pull over to the right. Well, while he's telling me that, I'm like, what, what, what? I can't hear what he's saying. My dad's yelling at me. He said, pull over to the right. I'm like, why would you pull over to the left? I don't know. And so I'm sitting there arguing with my dad, and I'm freaking out. And the guy's lights are on, and he's got the horn and telling me that I need to get over. And so I <laughs> I just remember this trip so, like, vividly. But um, I get in the, you know, get back in my truck, and I pull back across the highway, and I get off onto the median onto the right side. And I remember my brother coming up and pulling up behind us, and so the police officer gets out, and then I see him put his hand on his weapon, and he starts going towards the other car. And I say, that's my brother, that's my brother. And he goes, well, tell him he needs to move around. He can't be behind me. So we're running over there telling my brother, hey, you need to go, like, drive your car around in front of us. 
and I was trying to tell him, you know, he's just following us, nothing crazy. Um, so, anyway, uh, he um, he ended up not uh, not issuing me a ticket, but a warning and telling me that you know the lane is meant for passing only and um, not to and to watch my speeds that I was pretty pretty close on about to be speeding and whatnot. And I remember the rest of the trip, you know, my dad telling me about, you know, different things that he had experienced with driving in Austin and how the police officers were and, you know, just, and just that time to just communicate and be able to talk to him about, you know, just different, different things that he um, had done out there on the road. And so um, just even that bad experience, you know, right then it turned it into this road trip of an opportunity to, um, kind of get more insight into things that that he had done um, on these trips, and so Black uh, Lockhart, say Blackheart, <laughs> not Blackheart. There's a place called Blacks in Lockhart, but anyways, we'll we'll get to that. But um, my dad took us to a place called Crikes out there, and we had a good time, and we ate, and on that trip that we took, what made it so special, and kind of where this ties in, is that. While we were on that trip, my dad had talked about on the way back how you know, he always wanted to go on a barbecue tour and how he always wanted to just spend a couple days, like take some days off and get in his vehicle and just go and try out some barbecue places and, you know, try out the different ribs and the, the you know, the brisket and the turkey and the beans and I'll just try out everything and see how it was and and, uh, you know, I remember talking to him and saying, man, that would be awesome. We could go together. Uh, that would be so cool. We get to try it together. And and so we had talked about how we were going to plan this out and um, how we couldn't wait to do that. And uh, so, of course, many of you have listened before, you know, and if you don't, um, you know, my father's passed. Um, he, uh, uh, he unfortunately passed away. Um, a few years ago in uh, April 19th, 2015, um, which was a tragic loss for me, for my family, um, losing my father um, the way that we did. Uh, my father, uh, you know, it just uh, uh, just hit a, hit a, a really tough uh, time in his life with depression and in a really low time. And, and, uh, and so, you know, things... Uh, things took a turn for the worse and um you know was dealing with the things that he he dealt with on a daily basis and and so on that day um he ended up taking his life and so um just a just a tough thing to talk about from for me a lot of times so um uh, without dipping too far into that um we didn't get an opportunity to take that trip so <clears throat> you can imagine uh what it meant to me um, for my wife to decide that for my birthday, you know, that we would take this, uh, we take this, uh, barbecue trip. So, uh, pulling in to the, uh, pulling into the, to the restaurant, you know, that's the first thought that hit my mind is, you know, you know, I, I wish dad was here. Um, but at the same time, there's nobody better to spend the time with than my wife and my children. And, uh, so it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I don't know if you ever experienced that when someone you love, um, does something for you that, um, you know, I can think of gifts that I would want or things that I would think I would want to do. Um, but something that, uh, means something to you, um, like that is, is worth more than, 
hundreds of dollars in gifts and more than little things. Um, so the trip uh, meant the world to me, um, just from beginning to end. So we started at this place, and we get out with the kids, and you know we're taking pictures and the signs and uh, all the different things, and looking at the history of this place, and you know again then like, well, what are we gonna order, and you know, and just kind of thinking back to talking to my dad about all the stuff that we wanted to try, and you know I wanted to try all the things that I know he would have wanted to try, and so it was easy to know exactly what my order was going to be, you know, so get up there to the counter, and of course, I'm asking, I want ribs, I want brisket, I want chicken, I want turkey, I want, I want the whole nine yards, and of course, these, <laughs> the one thing that was crazy about it is, of course, you know, and if you've ever been to a barbecue joint, is you can't buy one rib and one little piece of brisket, you got to buy everything by the pound or the half pound, um, so every place we went to was like a 70 dollar, uh, trip, um, but, you know, we, we weren't uh, worried about that at this point. This was just uh, thinking about, you know, how incredible this was. And and I really felt like, you know, even though my dad wasn't there physically, it just I just felt close to him for a moment. Um, like the, just the spirit of the of the occasion and knowing that if he were alive, he'd be there. He, he, he would have been there with us. He'd have been trying it. He'd have, he'd have had a good old time, you know, trying the foods and, uh, I remember how he would talk about as he would eat things, the the sauces in it and what he assumed it was made of or how he would make it or this gives him an idea to go back and do something else. And my dad was an incredible, incredible cook and barbecue master, I'd say. Uh, there was nothing that he couldn't make and incredible, incredible food. Um, and I, I remember back to, uh, <laughs> oh, embarrassed. This is embarrassing. But I remember right after um, I got married, it was one of my birthdays. And this is kind of where I go to the kind of uh, cook that my dad was, kind of man that he was too. Uh, it was my birthday. My dad lived a neighborhood away. And uh, so I wasn't too far from him, maybe a mile. Um, and I remember calling him, hey, dad, uh, it's my birthday. I have a lot of people over. And uh, I got hamburgers and hot dogs, and they're on the grill, and some chicken. Um, number one, I've never grilled a thing in my life. You know, here I am, a 26-year-old man, um, you know, married with my own house, and I have no idea how to barbecue. Uh, and then uh, I remember I'm out there trying to barbecue, and I tell uh, my wife, hey, you know, uh, Ashley, would you please go and get me a, a, a spatula? Uh, like an outdoor one, and it's like, I don't have anything like that, and so I remember finding these little weird-looking tong things in this little shovel-looking thing that we had in the drawer, it, nothing appropriate for barbecuing at all, um, not the proper tools or utensils or anything, and I, Dad, I, I need help, and he comes over, and half the food is charred and burned, and uh, he's like, don't worry, son, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it, and uh, he spent the next hour you know, kind of settling the fire to where it needed to be and getting the coals how they needed to be and appropriate for you to actually put food on the fire. I didn't know this then, that you don't just get a fire going and throw food on top of it. Um, and so he, he worked on that, and then after he got the fire just right, um, then he cooked all the burgers and all the hot dogs and every sausage and everything for uh, for the birthday party, and of course, all my friends then <clears throat> were able to enjoy the food and enjoy the party. And I remember that night telling him, like, you know, Dad, I was so embarrassed, you know, one that I had to call you and 
too, that, you know, here I am at 26 and I have no idea how to grill or barbecue and, and telling him like, you know, he's, he's so amazing at it. And I, I hope to one day be even as half as good as he is at it. And, um, you know, him telling me, you know, the simplest thing of, you know, it just takes practice and it just takes time and it takes patience and it, and it'll come and, you know, just, just over the years, you'll get better at it. And, and, uh, I just, you know, remember, remember him saying that and, and, uh, you know, coming to, you know, long ways of, you know, now, um, I think I'm a pretty good barbecuer, pretty good, uh, at smoking, you know, I've smoked briskets and I've smoked turkeys and, um, and I've made ribs and I've used some of his recipes, uh, smoking ribs recipes that have come out actually pretty awesome. Um, you know, I never would have thought that I would be able to achieve some of those things. Um, and so whenever I grill and I barbecue, you know, whenever I burn something, sometimes I do it on purpose. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, it's one of those things that unless you knew the story, you wouldn't, wouldn't have ever guessed that, but sometimes I'll burn something, uh, just cause I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I can hear my dad kind of saying like, dang it, you burned it again. I, I don't know. It's, I know this probably sounds weird, but you know, sometimes I'll just, I'll just let it burn. <laughs> Just to think of dad for a minute. Anyway, so, um, <clears throat> so I, uh, I remember him saving the day and, uh, him just teaching me those things, you know, on, on how, how a man's supposed to barbecue that food and what you're supposed to do and him talking and teaching me that stuff. And, and, uh, so thanks dad. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the memories and thanks for teaching me that stuff. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, back to the trip, um, and a lot of, a lot of this trip, just reminiscent of that. And, and I can't say thank you enough to my wife for just the gift that she gave me, not only in the trip, but in just, just the memories. And so I was able to build some memories with my kids and, uh, we, uh, we tried the food. Uh, first place, um, was at a place in Taylor, Texas. Like I said, uh, Louis, it's spelled like Mueller, I think, but Louis Miller, um, was the first stop, and some of the food was okay, um, some of it had, like, it was, like, real spicy, um, flavors to it, so it was kind of hot, um, but their ribs, oh my goodness, those, uh, those ribs gave my dad's for a run for the money, man, I'm telling you, those ribs were amazing, um, they were really, really, really good, and, uh, so we got to, uh, we got to eat those and found out that they actually will special ship them. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll special ship them anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I'll be looking at Louie Miller barbecue and how I can get those, those ribs shipped. Um, I got the baby back ribs is what we had falling off the bone. It's like just, just the flavor and the sauce and, um, their sausage was really good too. They had like green chili sausage and jalapeno and, um, just regular, they're, they're, I got shredded beef there, turkey, um, man, it, <laughs> it was really good, so I encourage you, if you're ever in Taylor, or if you ever decide that you want to go somewhere, one of the best, uh, barbecue restaurants, which, uh, all these restaurants we went to were actually fever, featured, fevered, they were fevered, no, they were featured on, um, uh, diners, uh, Diners, drive-ins, and dives—the show on Food Network with Guy Fieri. So, 
Um, it was pretty cool just to be able to try it. So recommend the ribs if you ever make it out that way. Um, so it was a good time. We got a lot of pictures and of the food, of the family, of the restaurants we stopped at. And uh, so we did more barbecuing, but somewhere in there, um, in the barbecue trip near, I guess we're on our way back, and Ashley tells me that the house where the um, where the uh, the massacre was filmed, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, is the house that they, I think it's the house that they used to film the movie in. Uh, anyway, she's like, it's right around here, and it's still a working farm, and you know, let's go check it out. You want to go check it out? So I'm like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so we head out there and we go to check it out. And um, our car was actually starting to have some issues that day. And it was actually started out that morning. For whatever reason, the radio just froze. And you couldn't do anything. You couldn't adjust the AC. You couldn't adjust nothing. And I had bought a little toolkit. And so I told her, you know, like, hey, what we should do is go ahead and just pull over to the side of the road here since we're going to stop and look at this house. And while we're stopped, I'll go ahead and disconnect the battery and disconnect the power, shut off the car, and um, then then reset it so it'll reset, and then we can drive back to our hotel and whatnot. And uh, she's like, okay. So I get out of the car, and <laughs> I go to get the tools or whatever, and I... Yeah, now, our battery in our, we have a brand new, why I say brand new, I don't know, it's 2019. Anyways, Dodge Durango. And uh, what was what's crazy about this car is the battery is located inside the car and underneath the passenger seat. So it's not even in where the engine is. So in order to get to the battery, you have to fold the seat down, slide it forward, reach underneath, pop a panel up, slide it out. And then get underneath, and then there's a battery that's connected to a battery that's connected to cables that then run up to the engine. So you got to disconnect the battery to the battery, and then the cables that go up disconnect all those, which then will reset it and then put it back together. So it takes a little time to do this. And I've done this once before. So I get out, and, uh, and I start doing it. And as I get my tools and get ready to start taking the car apart, I see this windmill. And the windmill starts getting louder and louder and louder. And as I hear the windmill going louder and louder, I look to my right. And, I'm, and of course, there's a video of this. I see this guy, and he's uh, walking towards me um, from like, quite a distance. But he's getting closer and closer. And just like like he came out of the bushes, like out of nowhere. And he's wearing like uh, these coveralls. Like you would see like somebody at a, um, a repair shop or an old-timey gas station. And he's just walking down this road all by himself on this dirt road in the middle of nowhere. And he's coming towards us as I'm disconnecting the battery in front of the house for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's pretty funny just the, the odds that that would happen. And as it happens, um, I think this is a video clip from there. Um, you can listen to my kids' reactions. Hold on a second. It's nice when you have... Uh, nice little difficulties like that but anyways um okay so i'll play this clip for you so you can kind of hear the uh the kids reaction so this is by the house and uh there's the house over there of course giving us issues and then down the road there's some dude walking this way and uh it started getting louder as he's getting closer I, I think we're gonna leave. Everybody's freaking out. 
so maybe maybe it's time to go. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> so uh, yeah, as that windmill was getting louder and louder and louder, as you could hear it spinning there. It wasn't spinning at all when we parked, by the way. So all of a sudden, it says the wind picks up. It starts spinning a little faster and faster and faster. This dude starts walking out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I pretty much threw the tools in the back seat, slammed the doors, and we built out. Uh, we weren't waiting around to see uh, Oregon Massacre. That was for sure. Um, seen too many movies, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> that was a pretty exciting moment on the trip. Anyway, so we made it out of there, got back to our hotel, and uh, checked in, and of course, you know, I've mentioned <clears throat> all the time um, how I love, I just love being able to swim in a heated pool, covered indoor pool, and have a jacuzzi um, to just sit in. There's just things that I really love. Um, my wife is more of the, and I like this too, don't get me wrong, um, but she prefers the, you know, going out in nature and just having an old-fashioned swimming pool, like in the middle, or not even having a pool, just being out in the middle of nowhere. And I love that, too. I love, love, love that. Um, it's not, nothing like being in nature. We've taken a few of those trips. But I second to that. So this is second to that. But I do love having a jacuzzi and a swimming pool just to, with the kids. And with the kids, being able, for them to be able to go swimming in, in the middle of the winter time when it's cold, and then to be able to sit in a warm jacuzzi was awesome. So we had a couple of days at a hotel like that. Um, so we got to get our swim on, which was fun. It was amazing. And uh, so we did that. And each night, you know, we went to, you know, the in the parking lot of our hotel uh, was a Cheddar's. So we just walked out and went to Cheddar's for dinner. Um, and I ordered ribs. I have no idea why on a barbecue tour when I had a chance to order something else. I didn't, but I didn't. I got ribs. I had ribs for lunch when I'm doing this. Anyways, um, yeah, so so I got some ribs and we uh, we enjoyed ourselves that night and went back to uh, went back to the hotel <clears throat> and we had our you know our leftovers from lunch that day, quite a bit of barbecue. Next day, um, we got up and took a trip and we went to a place called um, what was it uh, Myers in Elgin, Elgin, Texas. We went to Myers Smokehouse, um, and Myers was uh, looked. I mean, it was kind of like in the, once you got on the inside, it kind of looked like a Bill Miller sort of um, their setup. They had like, but what was cool about it is they had a meat market where you could buy the meats and buy the sauces and buy the seasonings and everything, um, and then take that home and grill it, or you could order from there. <clears throat> and their uh, their food was actually really really good. Um, from there, I th I want to say it was the same thing. We got sausage, ribs, um, brisket, uh, turkey, and uh, and all that. And that place was actually really good. Um, I tried the beans everywhere, just a little spoonful because of the diet I was on. But, oh, my gosh, those beans were incredible. Um, so we um, we had a good time there. We really enjoyed the food there. Um and it was really neat. Again, a spot that I'm, I know my dad had been to. Um, had been to all these spots, so it was really cool. Um, we went to Ikea that that night after we ate the barbecue. We decided to um, visit Ikea. So that was a lot of fun. Kids had never been. And so we spent time, you know, just taking pictures and 
um, acting like certain layouts were our home or our business office, and the kids did, and, and uh, I did just spent uh, a lot of time in there, just, you know, made a fun day of it. Um, you know, not that Ikea is the most spectacular place in the world. There's one in town now where we live, but... Um, it was just it was just fun, just a fun way to spend the day and the kids using props and talking to a bear at, for a job interview and just <laughs> just the stuff that that they did. It was uh, it was fun to just sit with them and hear their their thoughts and their uh, you know their uh, ideas on things and so it was fun. So anyways, did that went back to the hotel. Then we uh, uh, I'm really telling the. Heck out of the story, but uh, next day, let's just fast forward. We went to Black's, uh, which was on the way home, which is in Lockhart. Um, and Black's is one that my dad would talk about that I had never visited. And he said, you know, it's probably the best one, best one you've ever been to, best flavor, best, you know. And I've heard people say that they've been to Black's in New Braunfels. I'll let you know that Black's in New Braunfels is not the same as this one in Lockhart. So, if you're going to go, you need to go to the original. You need to not compare or judge blacks based on New Braunfels, which I've heard is good. But um, this one, the original one in Lockhart, best hands-down barbecue I've had probably ever. Their ribs were on on par. Their, uh, their brisket was amazing, just fell apart. It was so tender and juicy. The turkey was good. The sausage was good. The... There, I just said, screw it, I don't care. I had cream corn, I had beans, I had everything. That place was off the chain, if you know what I'm saying. It was uh, it was good. <laughs> it was it was the best. So <clears throat> we got to do that, and, and we had a great time there. And uh, then we uh, we came home. So that was pretty much the uh, the gist of that, the gist of the trip, and, and all that we that uh, we got to do. Um, on that so again I can never say thank you enough to my wife for um, doing that for me and just putting me in a position where on my birthday which is which have been you know some of them are are pretty hard to, to get through thinking of you know my father not being here and, and missing him and um, sometimes getting a little down and so to have the opportunity to go and do something that I love and something that he loved and something that can just connect my family um, to our current generation and to the generations of the past and to talk about things in the future and to talk with my son and my daughter and talking about, you know, grandpa and, and how this is something that we could do again and we could plan other trips to do. And uh, so it's really awesome, really awesome to be able to do that. Um, well, coming up now, um, we're going to talk in a minute here about uh, Christmas memories. What are your Christmas memories? So we'll be right back in just a second. I say Christmas unapologetically because I believe that Christ is the reason for the season. Um, I believe it at that. Um, and at work, I'm not allowed to say Merry Christmas, so I can say it on my podcast. But they don't. Uh, they don't say it. They just say Happy Holidays, and holidays should be happy. 
Um, but anyways, this is not a political campaign or a church um, podcast, so we'll leave it at that. That's my belief. Um, anyways, Christmas memories. Um, I um, have a lot of memories uh, from my Christmases of past and Right now, I'll say as a grown man at the age of 39 that there's not a holiday, there's not a season, and there's not a time of year that I love more than Christmas. I love it. I really do. I love the lights. I love the music. I love the sounds. I love the colors. I love the presents. I love the gifts. Um, So much so that every year I go overboard and I buy, buy, buy for my kids. I want them to have everything. I don't want them to be deprived of nothing. And, uh, you know, people on the outside looking in that don't know the reasoning behind that and don't uh, know my full story uh, may look at me and go, man, look at this guy. He's just trying to spoil his kids or he's just trying to up somebody or he's just trying to um, whatever, whatever the, the thing is that they may say. And and uh, it may appear that way, um, but there's a lot more to that story. And uh, so that's kind of what I want to get into and talk about. Um, with not getting into too much of trying to, you know, uh, out or embarrass, you know, my family, um, but just being a little honest, being a little real and talking about some things that occurred in the past and what may have, have caused that and, um, talking about cycles and, and different things in life that happen and that can happen and, uh, making choices. And, uh, so what does that all mean? What does it all mean, Basil? Um, here's where the story begins. So when my father was a child, um, there were some things that happened in his Christmas and his Christmas memories. And because of them, this, these are things I found out after he passed, um, from my grandmother before she passed. Um, there were some things that I found out and I learned. My dad had a rough childhood. Um, he grew up with several siblings. I think there was 12 of them, um, in total. My father and two of his brothers, um, all took their lives, um, the three of them. And so, uh, there's a lot less of, of them alive today, but there were 12, um, of them growing up. And, uh, so I, um, I remember the you know, the stories that, that he would tell me and that my uncles would tell me. And of course that my grandma had shared and, you know, I've talked to my aunts and, so it turns out that we found out, and I don't, I don't know um, all the details of these, these stories. Um, I just will share what I do know, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure that there's, um, there's more to it. I'm sure that there's sides. There's always sides to everything. Talk about the perspectives and the whole flip side thing. I'm sure that um, there's more than that I don't know. Um, so what I'm speaking to is things that, that I, I, only the parts that I know about. And, um, again, so far in the past that, you know, I can only ask those that might remember, um, the occasions of when these things happen. And I may, I may ask my Aunt May, <laughs> that's interesting plan words there, but, um, since she's the oldest of, um, would have been my dad's oldest sister, um, she, um, she may remember some of this stuff, but one of the things that I was told by, um, them uh, was that Christmas time was not a happy time around the Martin house. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, things would be good. They'd have the Christmas tree set up and they'd have the, 
what little gifts they could get, and they'd be, um, everything would be fine, and family would be fine, and everything would be going good. And then, out of nowhere, um, my grandfather would either get drunk or get upset or get mad, and um, that life or things that were going on, or maybe it was the alcohol, or maybe the alcohol and the feelings, I, I don't emotions, I don't know. Um, but for whatever reason, the night would always end with him either uh, knocking the tree down or breaking the bulbs or getting a BB gun one year, they said, and shooting all the bulbs out of the tree and um, just ruining Christmas and just destroying the holiday and destroying the the excitement and the joy and just stealing it from the family and robbing them of that. And uh, so fast forward to my childhood. Um I can think of years, um, you know, where, you know, my dad, it was almost like clockwork. Um, things would be going good. Things would be great. We'd all be there. We'd be sharing. We'd be having happy times. And I don't know if it was depression or a memory or he just he just couldn't let himself be happy at Christmas time or, or he was just so uh, consumed with the memory or, or maybe he just you know, decided that he was going to, that that's what you were supposed to do. I, I don't I don't know the exact answer, the reason why, um, but I can tell you that it was like without fail, um, Christmas would go from happy to horrible within minutes. Um, I remember a year my dad kicking the tree over. I remember him yanking it out and throwing it outside with all the stuff on it, uh, the decorations and all the um, everything's still attached. I, I remember him breaking presents. I remember, um, and all the time it would be because my mom would say something that he didn't like or didn't agree with and they would get into an argument and then it, you know, he'd start telling her, uh, you're just like this person in my past and, and I'm like my father. And he would see these things that we'd just be like, what? And it would just come out of nowhere and, and Christmas would just be destroyed. Um, you know, the, the, and this wasn't every year. We had a few good years. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like everything was horrible and I have no good memories as a kid. Um, but what stands out is always the bad, right? You never remember the good as much as you remember the bad. And so I can remember all these things that happened in, in remembering the, all the bad stuff. And and um, so anyways, it's it's why, um, and fast forward to today, why I am the way I am and why I feel the way I feel about the holidays and about Christmas and just wanting it to be amazing and wanting it to be the best that it could ever be because I don't want to repeat that. I don't want to um, move forward with that cycle. And so I think about, you know, others in life and you that may be listening now, you know, look at your past and think about your dad and your dad's dad and what was the path that they followed? Was it good? Was it bad? Did they leave you good examples to follow? Did they teach you what's right? Did they show you um, how to live and how to do things? Or did they show you how not to live and what not to do? And, you know, when you think about your legacy and what your, um, what's coming after you, your sons, your daughters, your, your children, and the life that you want them to live, how do you want them to live? And I think about the example that my father set. And if you ask me, I still believe to this day he was a good man and he tried hard and he wanted the best and he desired the best and he wanted for us to have the best that we could have. But he had weaknesses and he had struggles and he had demons and he couldn't beat them. And those were things that we saw. Those were things that um, that we served, that, that we witnessed.
and you know these things that you know that that eventually just um, just took a hold of him and um, I'm reminded of a uh, scripture in the Bible. I know I said this wasn't a, a church podcast, but I can't help but share this um, because of thinking of um, how some some children just follow in their father's footsteps and thinking about how my dad, you know, said that he kind of, he would, he would reference his father a lot and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm following his footsteps. And for those of you that, um, again, may not know this, my grandfather was murdered. Um, and, uh, he was murdered in a spot of park here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, uh, and it was tragically and it was unexpected. And course i remember this as a young kid you know we my dad was stationed in florida and and he was in the air force and we get a call in the middle of the night my dad jumps in the car and we all drive back <clears throat> and of course since then my dad was a mess um probably because there were things that he had never dealt with uh, never communicated never fixed between him and his father um and then he loses him you know while he left in the air force and there's a lot behind that story too um the only part that i remember my dad telling me um, was he lived with him and my mother lived with my grandfather and they were living there. They had been living there. My uncle Mike and his, uh, wife at the time had their own place or whatever. And, and again, I don't remember all the dynamics behind this, but I remember my dad telling me that as he's living there, um, my uncle showed up and he had my oldest cousin, Mike with him. And they came into the house where my dad, you know, was living with, with his dad at the time and uh basically said hey we have this baby we're struggling we're struggling to make ends meet we need help and of course my grandfather going to my dad and saying like hey um you know i love you i i want to help you and help you take care of you know what you got going on with your life and your new wife he said but i can't uh put him out i gotta take him in because he's got a kid and so because of my cousin you know being born and my uncle having the kid, he told my dad, hey, you're out. So my dad, you know, not even finishing high school and my mom dropping out like in the ninth grade or something, I think, um, no education, uh, no nothing. Uh, my dad had no other choice. He went and he got the information, took the test for the military. Uh, he was underage at the time, so he had my grandfather sign off on it and he joins the military and, of course, the rest is history, and he gets stationed off in other states. And so imagine that being the life, you know, getting stationed out in uh, other places in the United States, having to leave because, you know, his father had to, had to choose his other brother because, you know, he had a kid. And so my father's forced to then take care of his family. And, and so the only thing that he could do was join the Air Force as it was a guarantee. And, of course, his father was in the Air Force. And um, so then, you know, he gets this news after being stationed and leaving on that note that his father's murdered. And so I can imagine the, um, the emotions, the thoughts and the feelings that may have gone into that. But thinking of the demons and the things that my grandfather had faced, um, I remember as a child and there's so many dynamics, so many things that I could, so many stories I could tell you about. Um, I remember coming out, uh, we get to Texas, um, we get out of my vehicle, we go into my uncle's house and I remember all of my dad's brothers and family being there. And again, I'm probably seven, maybe maybe eight years old at the time. And I remember getting out of the car and walking to the backyard and um, seeing my dad just like screaming as loud as he can and, and looking at his brother and hugging him and saying it's not true. And uh, then my dad picking up a, uh, a bat, a metal baseball bat, 
and going to a tree back there in the backyard and hitting the tree over and over and over so many times that there was no bark and it looked like he was halfway down to chopping the tree down. He was hitting it so hard. He was so angry and so hurt and so frustrated and so mad and so just just overcome um, with just this, just this, these feelings and things that he just had bottled up on the whole drive and maybe he had, had bottled up since he had never had that opportunity to um to talk to his father and and reconcile things or or whatever and um so I just look back to these things and think about how Christmas was and what was it that rattled my grandfather so much that during the holidays he just couldn't let himself be happy and what was it from the part from my grandfather that stemmed to my father um, that put him in a position where he just couldn't be happy during the holidays? What was it? I don't know what it was. But I know that I don't, I don't want that for my kids. I don't want them to experience that. I don't want them to see those kind of things. And so it's it's almost like I have to purpose in my heart to to not let that happen. So much so that I'm sometimes extreme the other way. Uh, we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a happy Christmas where nothing's gonna stop that. And I'm gonna do everything I can. If I have to go in debt, if I have to charge credit cards, I don't care what I gotta do, we're gonna be hap 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 happy. I don't want it to be fake happy though. I really want it to be genuine. And so I try to make sure that, you know, we do things. We try to create traditions that are happy. We try to tr- create family moments and exciting things and do things together. And uh, so the part that I was talking about where I said the, the scripture part of the because they had to come back to that, I know that I never made that point. Um, and I'm about to end the episode here. But the point that I was making is it talks about how um, when um, somebody has a burden on them because uh, I believe Jesus compares. Um, he says, take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about in there is a yoke like an oxen would have when they would um, uh, work in the fields. They would put the yoke on them and they would pull the till through the, um, through the fields and whatnot. And so he would say, you know, take my yoke on you because it's easy, it's light. Well, there's also the yoke that the father has, and this is more of a spiritually speaking, not maybe physical. And so the father takes the burden of his father and says, I'm going to carry this. I'm going to carry these burdens. I'm going to carry this hurt. I'm going to carry this shame. I'm going to carry this worry. I'm going to carry all of these things because my dad carried it. And I feel like what I saw him carry I need to now take that up and I need to carry those things too because that's what I saw. And just speaking again more in a uh, maybe not spiritual realm but in the realm of that's just kind of what happens. And how do I know this? Because I've seen it. I've seen my dad do that with my grandfather stuff. And I think it's kind of a choice kind of looking at it. Does that look appealing? Does that look like something that I want to do? And if I don't do it, does it mean that I don't love my dad? Does it mean that I don't care? If I don't follow in his footsteps, if I don't repeat the things that he did, if I don't let his um, memories die, does that mean that, and I mean the bad stuff, if I if I let it die, does that mean that, then that I didn't care? Or does it mean then that I, I don't carry on his traits or that if those traits and things that he did dies, then he, he fully dies with it? But 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you this. You know, I um, one of our brothers is, has said that, you know, he, he's talked about how he he's going to be like my father. Um, and he feels like, you know, any, anything that, you know, um, and I, without getting too much into it, just, you know, repeating a lot of the things, a lot of feelings. And he says a lot of the things that my dad said and, and I see it and I, um, you know, I, I don't want that for him. And, uh, but most of all, I don't want it for my kids. And so I feel like, yes, there was a lot of good in grandpa. And I'm glad that my wife brought that out on this trip that she took us on and going to the barbecue and remembering the good memories and the things that, that I went, went through and the good things that my dad taught me and the hero moments that, that he had. And so I choose, I choose to remember those things. I choose to remember the other things too. And I choose to look at those and look for the goodness in them and look for opportunities to make better, to make better memories for my kids when my kids grow up, I don't want them to look back and say, yeah, I remember that year, you know, dad did this wrong and he did that wrong and he, and he messed up here. I want them to look back and remember the good and remember the happy times and remember the things that were done right. Um, yeah, that's what I want. I think that's all anybody could ever ask for. Um, so where is that the flip side to the perspectives? I have no idea. It's just my perspective and my spin on life. And what I mean by that is there's so many others that could look at these stories and they could have their own interpretations of their own thought processes of why or how. And so I don't know the um, all of that. I just know that as a child growing up seeing these things, um, you know, that I had my own thoughts then and I have my own thoughts as a man now and what I want in life and what I want for my family. And so... Anyway, I'm hoping that I can continue on to um, give them good memories and teach them right, whatever that means. When I was young, right meant one thing, and when I was a young adult, right meant another thing, and now in my close to 40s, what's right means another thing. You know, there were rules, and I used to live my life in a, within the a confines of a box that you can only do what's in this box, and that's the only thing that's right. Um, but I think I've come to a point in my life now where doing what's right means, um, one, always, I believe, following and, and doing, um, what's right based on, um, based on, you know, it's pretty, pretty common sense, right? Like there are certain things that are just wrong, right? Like morally and stuff like that, but something I'm talking about doing what's right. It means doing things in love doing things out of love, doing things out of just a, just a, uh, a, an area of that. And so I try not to be ugly to people. I try not to be rude. I try not to be mean. Um, I try not to poke at people and make fun of them. I try not to be cruel. Um, cause that's what I grew up with. I grew up with cruelty. I grew up with mean spirited. I grew up with, um, just harsh, harsh things. And there's so many stories that I can go down and tell and, um, and uh, some hard, hard uh, memories that I went through. And um, so if anything you could take from this is be kind to someone today. Don't continue the trend. Don't, um, you know, I, I, I want to remember the good memories. And uh, so I hope the same for everyone is uh, this holiday, make it a good one. Don't let anything get you upset or get you down. 
Um, just love with the best that you are. Love with the best of your abilities. And uh, make it a, make memories. Make memories with your kids, with your wife. And good memories that they're going to one day grow up and talk about and look back and say, man, my dad was amazing. My mom was amazing. Life, when I was a kid, was amazing. And if you can accomplish that, I think you've been a success. Anyways, that's my thought. Till next time, we'll be back with more What's Next. What's Next?